Thank you for live streaming with us today. And we will be live streaming at 9.30 each and every Sunday as long as necessary. All of our Holy Week services will be live streamed as well. And those include Maundy Thursday at 6.30 p.m., Good Friday at 7 p.m., Easter Sunday at 9 a.m., and we encourage you to stay in touch with Unity Minneapolis through our website, our Peak at the Week, Facebook, special email blast, or contacting the church through email or voicemail. We also have online our spiritual first aid kit, which has information on live streaming, connecting with Reverend Pat via Zoom and 9 at via Zoom at 9 a.m. Monday through Friday, and then calling the Daily Word Inspiration Line, praying with Silent Unity 
submitting a prayer request or joining one of our Silent Unity prayer services Zoomed Monday through Thursday at noon. Coming up this month, big month, are three new book discussions and a workshop, all done via Zoom. Heck of a deal. Details will be on the website and in, in the peak. Breathing Underwater, this is a book by Richard Rohr and led by Reverend Ray Nelson, Wednesdays, April 15th through May 20th at 7 p.m. And then How to Let God Help You, wow. A book by Myrtle Fillmore, our co one of our co-founders, led by Reverend Pat on Thursday mornings, April 16th through May 28th at 10.30 to noon. And then we have A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, led by Jim Ernstein. And that is Thursday evenings, April 22nd through May 28th at 7 p.m. And then, last but not least, is Mary of Magdala, Apostle to the Apostles, led by John and Marie Pettengill on Tuesdays, on Tuesday, April 21st, and again on April 28th at 7 p.m. And now we, we, now we turn to Reverend Pat for our opening prayer. Join me in our opening prayer, and we join our hearts this morning with Unity Churches around the world as we have our opening prayer. We know that God is a love that has no end and a power that knows no bounds. God's healing power of divine life is restoring, healing, and revitalizing our world in this very moment. We let go of any fears or anxieties, and we affirm that all are safe and healthy and protected. We bless all of those who support us in maintaining vibrant, radiant health. We express divine life in all that we think, all that we say, and all that we do. We bless our global family with radiant health, peace of mind, and abundant love. And this morning, we especially hold those in prayers Hold them in our heart. Those that are on the front line of this pandemic, those that are experiencing huge challenges, we hold them in our heart. We hold our family, we hold our friends, we hold our community in these challenging times. And as we do, we remind ourselves truly that God is present. God is present. And we look for the good in our life. And we affirm that good. We affirm that good. We know that good. And we are grateful. And we are grateful. And we are grateful. And together, we say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Join me for our opening song.
I almost said thank you and be seated, but more than likely, you're already seated. You know, I will bear witness to your love. Don't you love that song? It's one of our favorites here at Unity Minneapolis. We're so glad this morning that you joined us. We're glad that you've taken time from your busy day to be with us. You know, Unity is truly an open and welcoming and inclusive community inclusive community. It's one of the things that attracted me to unity. And therefore, one of our favorite things to do here each and every Sunday morning is to welcome you. Welcome you. I know that you're streaming with us. And one of the things that we say each and every Sunday morning is this, my dear friends, and that is wherever you are on your spiritual journey, wherever you may be, you are welcome here, even if it's virtually. We are grateful that you are with us. I want to take just a moment as we'll greet each other here in the sanctuary, the few of us that are here, but I'd like to invite you to greet each other wherever you are. If you're alone, greet your lower self, greet that higher self, greet a pet, greet a plant, greet someone over there and put your energy out there. Let's do that right now, okay? Let's do it. So now let's prepare for the reading of our daily word. Reverend Jeanette will read our daily word. We now move deeper into spirit with the reading of the daily word. After the service, the prayer box is located in the garden court where you may add your written request. Your prayers are then prayed with by our prayer ministry for seven days, and then they are added and sent, sent forth to silent unity, where they are prayed with for an additional 30 days. The word for today is Hosanna. With joy, love, and faith, I celebrate my growing Christ awareness. Shouts of Hosanna arise as the people discover, as the people cover the dusty road with palm branches, greeting Jesus with great enthusiasm as he rides a donkey into Jerusalem, according to the gospel stories. Spiritually understood, the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem symbolizes the dawning of the Christ awareness in the heart of humankind. The, crowd, the crowd's shout of Hosanna represent prayers that this dawning Christ awareness be protected and nurtured. I reflect on the powerful story seen in Myself, both the dawning Christ awareness and the Christ crowd of thoughts responding to the Christ light. On the, this Palm Sunday, my heart sings Hosanna. I celebrate the growing Christ awareness in the, 
in the Jerusalem of my soul. And scripture tells us, blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestors, David. Hosanna in the highest, in the highest heaven. From Mark chapter 11, verse 10. The word for today is Hosanna. Amen. Let us consciously give ourselves the gift of this time of quiet and peace. Gently closing your eyes, if comfortable, and allow your shoulders to drop, and letting the chair support you. Consciously take in and exhale some easy, slow breaths and exhale. Allow any thoughts, feelings of concerns, or distractions to float away. Know you are protected as you, as you surrender to your higher self. Allow yourself to become present with this time of honoring the divine within you. In doing so, we are entering Jerusalem, 
a place of peace and wholeness. It is a gift we can invite in and open to peace. As we continue to inwardly observe this season of Lent, the season of release and preparation, let us embrace the quality of peace. This is what Jesus carried as he rode into Jerusalem. He had completed the covenant and moved forward toward full expression of life. He willingly and courageously accepted what was before him. He was one with his and God's purpose. He too, as ourselves, can be with the peace of knowing what Jesus so strongly stood for. This amazing spiritual man showed us a new way to practice and express good, love, and God's presence. Forgiveness. We can continue to strengthen this power, perhaps just a few minutes every day, to overcome the slavery of conflict struggle, self-righteousness, and separation. When we claim the time to be with this truth, we know that disillusion, fear, and stress have no power over us. When we focus on God, and remember, we are his beloved children. We can also go forward and be the loving, willing Christ presence we are meant to be. A joyful, vital child of God. Let the truth of this peaceful presence soak into our being now as we rest. As we return 
to this space in time and prepare to take in today's lesson. Know that Jesus' strength was his intelligence of heart, his focus of will, his wisdom and humility, his desire for us was to share these gifts. He promised that we are also blessed with them. Even in difficult, challenging times, we can be victorious and triumph over distraction from our God-given divinity and light. You already have these things. You are blessed. And so it is. Amen. a hero if you look inside your heart you don't have to be afraid of what you are there's an answer if you reach into your soul and the soul that you know will melt away A hero comes along with the strength you carry on, and you cast your fears aside, and you know you can survive. So when you feel like hope is gone, look inside you and be strong. Yeah, you finally see the truth that a hero lies in you. If you search within yourself and the emptiness you feel will disappear oh, Then a hero comes along with the strength to carry on And you cast your fears aside and you know you can survive So when you feel like hope is gone Too 
Laurie, would you introduce our musical? Would you introduce our musical guest? Yes, absolutely. It's great to have her back. Um, you know, her first time here is a couple of weeks ago, and uh, she does fabulous shows in the Twin Cities musical community. It's Joanne Parker. So check it out. Go to Joanne Parker Music. Find her on Facebook and um, her uh, website. She does a lot of live streaming things during the week. And Debbie Sheriff helping us out this morning. Yeah, Dave and Pete, back. You guys, I really appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Your music inspires me, it supports me, and I just want to say that publicly, it's just phenomenal. Thank you for being with us, okay? Wow, there is a hero that lives inside of us. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way, but it's there, I promise you, and thank you for that reminder this morning. There was two brothers. One was eight and one was ten. And they were up to so much mischief, you would not believe it. I mean, regardless of whether it was school, regardless of whether it was home, regardless of whether it was the county fair, regardless if it was church, if something went wrong, these two brothers seemed to be behind it. They were at eight and 10 years of age. Well, their parents obviously were a little concerned because they were concerned because they didn't know where this would go. They wanted to nip this in the bud before they became adults, and this thing continued. So, of course, what did they do? They sent them to see their pastor. That's what they did. And they went, and the eight-year-old went first. And he was going about the four blocks he had to walk. He was crying the whole time. He didn't want to go. So he came in, and he sat, the pastor sat him down, big desk, big man, sitting down across from the desk, and he leaned over, and he says, where is God? And he shivered back. Where is God? He shivered back again. This was a fundamental Bible-thumping pastor. Where is God? The little boy was so frightened that he got up. He ran all the way home. He ran up the stairs. He jumped in his closet and cried. Oh, my goodness, he was so disturbed. Well, suddenly the 10-year-old brother realized that something was wrong, and he went in there to kind of comfort him, and he was a little scared himself coming back from the church. And so the little boy said, you know what? We are in really deep trouble this time. We are in such deep trouble. God's missing, and they think that we've done it. <laughs> I don't know about you, but this week, several times, I thought God might be missing. God just might be missing. And I had to stop numerous times and remind myself that God is always present. But when I talked to my nephew in New York, and I heard stories of what was going on, I wondered, is God missing? Or when I heard of my, when I talked to my friend from California this week, and one of her neighbors had passed away within five days, I said to myself, is God missing? Or when I get the numbers each and every morning through the news that there's over 7,000 Americans that have died from this, it's easy to say, is God missing? Where is God? And I think so much of it is about our concept of God. And we know without a doubt that God is present. And when I get to that place, just as you get to that place, I have to practice my own preaching. I have to remember the things that I've taught. And remember those things that I've taught are not just for you, but these things that I've taught are for me, for me to practice in my life. Last week, 
we looked at when we get to those things, times of discouragement. We looked at the importance, my dear friends, of lifting our eyes above the situation. I lift my eyes to the hills where comes my strength. And then the importance of believing, having faith that we will move through this, that God is present. And then waiting, waiting and waiting comes from that word kava, which means bound together, bind together. And I remind myself, oh my goodness, I am bound with the, the, the divine. I am bound with that hero that lives inside of me. And then that affirmation, you know, I am no longer fearful or anxious. Denial, I am no longer fearful or anxious for that divine, powerful presence of God lives in me, and I am divinely protected. We have these tools that we use that when we get to that dark place, when we get to that place that we seem to be lacking a little faith, we have these tools in our toolkit to pull out and to use in our life. Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, one of my favorite Sundays of the entire year. Palm Sunday reminds us of so many things in our own life. You know, Jesus' message, our teacher and our way shower, had one of the strongest messages I know of. Jesus' message was that of love. Jesus' message was love, and the kingdom of God is within you, and the kingdom of God is within me. That was the message of Jesus. And that was what he was teaching. But Palm Sunday just did not happen. There was a process to get to Palm Sunday. It was Jesus who in Caesarea Philippi, he paused. He was out in Galilee area. He was teaching these teachings. And he suddenly paused. He wanted to get the pulse of his teachings. And he asked the question, who do people say that I am? I think that's a question all of us will have to answer sometimes. Who will the people say that I am, that you are? But Jesus stopped and he says, who do people say that I am? And one of the disciples said, some say Elijah. Some say John the Baptist. I say right there, there's another case for reincarnation, but that's another lesson. Some say Elijah. Some say John the Baptist. And all of a sudden, he stopped and he looked at his disciples and he said, but who do you say that I am? Wow, that's a question we'll ask. Who do you say that Jesus is? And suddenly Peter, metaphysically representing faith, says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Thou art the Christ, the son of a living God. Oh, my goodness. And Jesus says, you know, it was not flesh and blood that revealed this to you. No, it was something deeper than that. It was deeper within your soul that revealed this to you. And yet, can you imagine, perhaps, Jesus' disappointment in working with these 12 disciples, and they ask, who do, you, who do you say that I am? And one came forth, thou art the Christ. And I believe that that was at that time that Jesus made the great decision the great decision. He knew without a doubt that he had to get his message out. The message of love and the message of the kingdom of God. And at that point, 
he decided he had to return to Jerusalem in time for the Passover. Jerusalem was about 40,000 people at the time. But during the Passover, it swelled to 200,000 people. And he knew that he had to get to Jerusalem for the Passover to get that message out. And he was determined. And Scripture says that he faced toward Jerusalem. You know, I thought of that story. You want to go to Mount Olympus? Then be sure every step you take leads you to Mount Olympus. Jesus was sure that every step that he took would lead him to Jerusalem. And his disciples, of course, went with him. And a few days later, we're told something else that was magnificent that happened, my dear friends, that is important to us as well. Jesus, the transfiguration, we talk about that often. But Jesus went up to the mountain to pray. Anytime you go up a mountain in the Bible, you're going up in consciousness. Jesus went up to the mountain to pray, and he went up to pray, and he took with him John, James, and, oh my goodness, Peter, of course. John, James, and Peter. Peter representing faith, and John representing love, and James representing wisdom. He took all these characteristics with him, proving to us that these are the things that we want to take up in prayer as well. Faith and love and wisdom. And while they were there, Jesus was transfigured. The disciples saw it. They saw Moses representing the law. They saw Elijah representing the prophet and Jesus representing love. And they were amazed to see this. And then when they turned around, the others had left and Jesus was present. And Peter, faith, Peter says, I kind of like this. I like this high, exalted place up here. But they, all the disciples had heard a voice as well. They heard that voice of, this is my beloved in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved in whom I am well pleased. I hope today that you hear that voice inside of you. This is my beloved. You are God's beloved in whom God is well pleased. Oh my goodness, yes. But anyway, back to the story. Jesus, of course, faith wanted to stay up there and Jesus says, no, we must return. We must return to the valley. There's still work to do. And Jesus was determined to get to Jerusalem. He was determined to get to Jerusalem. And how often, my dear friends, do we want to stay in those high places? How often do we want to stay and yet we know without a doubt that there is work for us to be done in the valley? We are inspired. We, we are exalted. And yet we come and we do the work that is ours to do in the valley. Well, Jesus continued to Jerusalem. Every step he took was toward the holy city. And, of course, he planned it in such a way. And the, 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 the entrance into, in such a way that was, was powerful. And the, the, the story is told in all four Gospels. All four Gospels. But it's this Gospel of Mark that I've chosen to read this morning. And why Mark? First of all, Mark was the first, the first book written. And secondly, Mark is the only book that is, is in chronological order of what happened during Holy Week. 
So if you want to really know and follow that in an easy way, let me suggest that you read the short book of Mark. But I want to share with you from the book of Mark. Well, I certainly want to share with it somewhere, okay? When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a coat that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it in. If anyone says to you, What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Just say, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here immediately. And they went away, and they found the coat tied near the door outside in the street. And as they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, what are you doing, untying the coat? And they told them that Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. And then they brought the coat to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom, the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Jesus planned this pictorial presentation. I believe that with all of my heart. This was like a play. This was like a presentation that Jesus purposely planned ahead of time. Arranging or having someone to arrange the cult. Because you see, 500 years or thereabouts before this happened, there was a prophet by the name of Zechariah. And Zechariah prophesied that this would happen, that the new king would come in on a cult. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you triumphant and victorious, and he humble and riding on a donkey. He will cut off the chariots from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall he cut off, and he shall command peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. So Jesus planned this again, showing that he was coming in humble and on a donkey. Now, metaphysically, Things are, many things in this story are represented metaphysically. For, ex, for example, that donkey often represents that lower part of us. I often said that ass part of us that we don't like sometimes. That donkey represents that. And that Christ nature represented by Jesus shows that we have the power to subdue those qualities in our life that no longer serve us. That is huge right there. But Jesus, of course, those, those branches and the shouts of praise. And mo- you must remember that most of the people that followed Jesus were peasants, were peasants. 
And so as Jesus went on into the city and he went to the temple, there was no big fanfare. There was no shouting there. In fact, what Jesus had thought he was setting up perhaps might have been, rather than a setup, it might have been a setback, a setback. Because you see, he was hoping that many people would come and shout. I'm thinking to myself, how many times in our life have we planned something? Have we planned something and it just did not go the way we wanted it to go? How many times have we done that? You know, how many times have we had a relationship that went south on us? And we thought it was absolutely awful. But at the same time, all it was was a setback for a setup. Or how many times have we ever had to had someone declare bankruptcy? That's awful, you would say. But no, it was a setback for prosperity. Or how many times has someone had a medical diagnosis? A medical diagnosis that was not what they wanted to hear. And yet at the same time, it was a setback for a setup to be more compassionate with others, to take care of your body in a bigger and a greater way. Or how many times have we had a coronavirus that seemed like a huge, huge setback, which it is. And at the same time, is it a setup? It is a setup for something greater to happen in our life. Yes, I'm on Facebook. You're probably on Facebook too. But across my feed came something this week that I wanted to share with you. It was, uh, it was given credit to uh, Bill Gates, but by so many things that I look at, I did the research on it, and it was not by Bill Gates. It was by Mr. Anonymous, whoever that is. But it was so powerful for me that I wanted to share a few things. This particular writer says, I'm a strong believer that there's a spiritual purpose behind everything that happens, whether that is what we perceive as being good or being bad. You know, when I read that, I think nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Nothing happens. There's a divine order that's unfolding. And there's 14 things. I'm not going to share 14 things with you this morning, but I'd like to share a couple. If this virus is reminding us that we are all connected and something that affects one person has an effect on another. It is reminding us that the false borders that we have put up have little value as the virus does not need a passport. It is reminding us by oppressing us for a short time of those in this world whose whole life is spent in oppression. It's reminding us of how important our family and our home life is and how much we have neglected this. It is forcing us back into our houses so that we can rebuild them into our home. A house becomes a home and we can strengthen our family unit. It is reminding us that the power of free will is in our hands. We can choose to cooperate and help each other to share, to forgive, to help and to support each other or we can choose to be selfish we can choose to hoard, to look after only ourself. Indeed, it, it is difficulties that bring out our true colors. We have the choice on how we are going to show up each and every day. It is reminding us that we can either be an end or a new beginning. This can be a time of reflection and understanding whether we learn from our mistakes 
It can be the start of a cycle which will continue until we finally learn the lessons that we are meant to learn. Yes, this is a setback. And I believe, my dear friends, it is preparing us for a set up. To quote my Bible teacher, Reverend Frank Judici. Reverend Judici says, if you are going to have a crucifixion, for goodness sakes, stay around for the resurrection. That, my friend, is what we are called to do during this time. The holy city, Charles Fillmore, co-founder of our unity movement, says this holy city represents, as Reverend Jeanette referred to in her meditation, this holy city represents the the abode of peace. It represents the possession of peace. It represents the possibility of peace. And he goes on to tell us in Keep a True Lent, he says, not only do we have it within us, but we can possess it at any time as long as we change our thinking and our thoughts. So anytime someone, my dear friend, goes to Jerusalem, that means, again, we are rising in consciousness. We are allowing our, the sense consciousness to be subdued by our spiritual consciousness. A holy city is within you. A holy city is within me. And let us not forget that this Palm Sunday. Let us not forget that. My dear friends, know that we are here for you. We love you, we bless you, and we behold that holy city of the divine within you. And so it is. Amen. Where do I go when there's no
Thank you, thank you. At this time, I invite you to make a gift to Unity Minneapolis. We appreciate your support. We especially appreciate your support during this time. There's three ways that you can do this. That first way is by simply, if you're on your, web, if you're on your computer or website, just go in, click Donate, and give generously to Unity Minneapolis. If you are on your cell phone or smartphone, you can text. You can text us, 77977, give to, the numeral two, give to Unity. Give to Unity. And you can make a gift that way as well. And either way, you can make a one-time gift or a reoccurring gift. I invite you to consider a reoccurring gift at this time. The third way you can give to Unity Minneapolis is write that wonderful check. Put it in the envelope and mail it. That is a wonderful way to give as well. So what I want us to do right now is however you're giving, giving from your heart and giving from that place of love, I'd like for you to join me in our church offertory blessing together. Divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I give all that I receive, and all that I am, and now silently. Thank you, God. Amen. Last night as I lay sleeping, there came a dream so fair. I stood in old Jerusalem beside the temple there. I heard the children singing, and ever as they sang, I thought the voice of angels from heaven in answer rang. I thought the
let's take a moment as we bless these gifts. We bless the gifts that's been received in the mail. We bless the gifts that have been received today. We bless those participating in our consistent giving program, our unexpected income program. We bless all of these gifts. And on this beautiful Palm Sunday, we send them forth to fulfill our vision and mission of a transformed world. Thank you. Thank you, God. And so we let it be. Amen. Thank you, Judy Venar. Thank you, Laurie Dawkin, for making that happen. I know there were hours of work that went into that. But I don't think it would be Palm Sunday here at Unity Minneapolis and we had, unless we had that song sung by Judy Venar. And so it's truly a blessing to have you here today and do this. Wow, there's so many things I want to share with you. This is such a sacred week. It's a holy week. And I want to invite you to our activities this, uh, this week. On Thursday night at 6.30, we go behind closed doors. The cameras get behind closed doors. And we see, we see that and hear the mystical teachings of our teacher, Jesus the Christ. And also celebrate Holy Communion in a spiritual way. You don't want to miss this service, 6.30 on Thursday evening. 
And then on Friday, we look again at the seven last words of Jesus from the cross and the metaphysical interpretation of those words and what it means in our life today. 7 p.m., both of these services will be streamed. And then on Easter Sunday, indeed, the resurrection, he has risen indeed. And that is on Sunday morning at 9.30. Come and be a part of that. Usually our prayer chaplains stand at this time, and they are holding sacred space in their own homes. So they're here to pray with us always. And so today, if you have a prayer request, by all means, you can go on our website and fill out a prayer request, and we will hold that in prayer with you. We invite you to do that. This is the time where we normally bring our children in, too. And oh, my goodness, I so miss the children, don't you? I miss the children. I, run, I miss their noise coming down the aisles, and I love them when they hang all over me, you know? I love that as well. And I'm really grateful that they go home with you. Do you know what I mean? But we are, I miss them so much. I miss them so much. Oh, my goodness. But guess who we have here? Cassidy Meeks, our Youth and Family Minister Director. She's come in today. Yes, yes, we are walking in the light. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hi, kids. As Reverend Pat said, I'm Cassidy, the Youth and Family Ministry Director. And I want all the kids to know that we miss you and that we're thinking about you, all the teachers, myself, this whole entire community. And we look forward to seeing you again soon. In the meantime, um, our Uniteens and our YOU, so our 6th to 8th grade and our ninth through 12th graders are meeting online at, on Zoom at 11.30 on Sundays. So look on our website and send me an email if you don't have that link. We'll make sure that they can join us for that. For the preschool to fifth graders, we've got content going out in the peak of the week. Look in the youth and family section on that Thursday email for lesson plans and activities that you can do with your children. We're going to have some music videos coming soon. I'm excited for that. And I'd like to close by asking you all to join me in this blessing for our children. We affirm you are in God's care and keeping. God's presence guards and protects you. God's wisdom guides and directs you. God's life sustains and perfects you. God's understanding inspires those who teach you. God's love is in the heart of those around you. You go to meet your good. And so it is. Amen. Thank you. I also just want to share one other thing with you. We as a staff, we're taking every precaution that we can here as we continue to do this work. We are called to do this work. And yet each and every person here, regardless of whether it's the camera operator, the soundboard, you musicians, our musical guests, none of them are required to be here. We do not do that. They're all by volunteers, volunteering themselves to be here and to provide this service for you. And I am indeed grateful. Our staff also right now, as you know, is continuing to work from home. We're continuing to work for home, and we're also, each and every one of us, are implementing those guidelines that set forth by our health professionals. And so, yes, I invite us to pray at this time. I invite us to hold the high watch. I invite us to affirm, to deny and affirm. And I invite you to follow the guidelines of our health professions. You are important. As I said last week, and maybe again today, you know, I have, I trust in God, you know, I trust in God. I have a, 
And yet, I have insurance for my automobile in my house, and I trust in God. I have a smoke detector in my home, and I trust in God. So we can trust in God and still carry out these important requests from our health professionals. Got it? Got it. Let's, uh, if you're wherever you are, stand, and let's for our prayer for protection and our peace song, okay? So together we know that the light of God surrounds us. I am light. The love of God enfolds us. I am love. The power of God protects us. I am power. The presence of God watches over us. I am presence. Wherever we are, God is. I am divine and all is swell. And our peace song. Thursday and Friday services live streamed and then next Sunday as well uh, and as I mentioned earlier check out Joanne Parker music she has a great Facebook gospel stream later today but she hasn't left us yet so we're gonna do one more song okay.
Excellent.